Hello and welcome along to episode 7 of Pod 67. My name is Ryan Gallagher and this week I'm joined by, um, I'm joined, I've kind of done a bit of a switch this week. You know, Tony wasn't here last week, Scott was here. We're switching up this week. Tony's here, how you doing Tony? How you doing mate? Not too bad, glad you're back. If you weren't here last week, you had something on, that was fine. Not a problem at all. Um, I'm surprised we got you this week, to be fair. You've been, you've been a wee hill walking. Well, to be honest with you, I've got a very busy schedule, a very important man. Um, I was a wee hill walking this week, um, I would have done it a lot faster and got back soon for the podcast, but so many folk in the path, you know, what signatures and pictures. Oh, come on, guys, it's my day off, but never rest, you know, that's famous, mate. Selig Daz on tour, mate, that's what it was. They seen you and thought, that's the king of the Selig Daz, you know, we need to get him. So, mate, in my notes this week, I've got, um, welcome back, Tony, banter about listening figures soaring when he was away. Now, we did, we done, we done the second best show last week in terms of listener figures, right, but I was ready to come on and slaughter you until Scott bailed on the show. So I feel like I can't I feel like I can't criticize you now because he has now not shown up for episode seven. Well the thing is though, the people only tuned in because they knew I wasn't on the podcast. They're all about me. They're like all worried, going, Where's Tony boy? Where's Tony? What's happened to Tony? But this week we'll be able to really be able to tell what happens to the listeners if they come back with Nay Scott or else. The people come back to the people's chat. I never knew The Rock was on the show, mate, but... Um, mate, bald. <laughs> Cut one bald. Racing the baldy this week. I must admit, this is probably one of the baldiest podcasts we've done since we started. The Mitchell Brothers, mate. Holly Willow Babies. Right, the next, uh, next point then was, I was going to ask Scott, because he called you out last week, mate, he called you out for not being on the show because you're probably away in some some strange Tinder date, right? And it wasn't that, right? You were out for a, out for a meal with your family, right? And that's Never even bored listening last week, mate. Not even bored mouse. Well, I'm, I'm way too big for this show now. Sorry. Well, well, Scott called you the Frank McAvenny of this podcast, right? Before it came out that Scott was missing the, the Riga Celtic game on Thursday for a Tinder date. Now, all right, okay. <laughs> right. That one, Mark, well, the story gets better, mate. The story, the story moves on because he's not even here to tell the story. So, oh, do tell. So, we're going to tell it for him, right? So, Scott last week on the show, he announced that he was going to miss the Celtic game that week because he had a wee Tinder date after calling yeah. you for being the, the Frank McIverney of the podcast. So, I thought it was on Grinder. I've not got that far yet. It might well have been. <laughs> All right, okay. Because I thought it was probably like group of George last week or something. Now, we, anyway, we digress. Aye, we've not seen it yet. But um, <laughs> so Scott messages the chat on on Thursday while we were sitting watching the Celtic game, and the message just reads, "I think I've been patched." So naturally, my first instinct was to burst out laughing. Right, but the image of Scott standing in Central Station or by himself getting stood up by a bird, right? But I th- do you know the more the time went on I felt a bit, wee bit sorry for him I thought that's a bit rubbish it's a bit rubbish you know arranging to go on a date with somebody and then not turning up and leaving them standing there but what we said and me and you said the same thing Tony in the chat we said why don't you go to the bar in Central Station because in my, my view was go to the bar in Central Station right you can get the Celtic game on your phone you've got your login you've got his goal you can watch it on that you can sit, right. in, that, sit in that pub and watch a game and then for whatever reason, if she turns up late, you're at least there, right? But Scott, uh, we, both, we both said that, and that sounds like a solid, reasonable thing to do. Because my my reasoning for that was, see if she's bamming you up, how can you laugh at a guy who's sitting with his first love, a pint? You can just fuck off up the road in two seconds and a three anyway. Exactly, right? So my, my thought was, if you go to the pub, watch a game <laughs> on, your, on your phone, um, if she takes you, or if she's even sitting with her pals, having a laugh at your expense, 
listen, who's laughing? Scott's sitting with a pipe watching the Celtic, right? It's hardly the worst way to go, right? So that was fine. But Scott, being Scott, was like, nah, I've got a table booked at Maggie Mays. I'm going to go uh, there. I'm going, why are you going to go to Maggie Mays? He's like, she can come and get me there. So we're uh, like... Why is she in control of the situation? <laughs> like, it's not a fucking hostage negotiation, mate. Like, you can negotiate with terrorists here, buddy. <laughs> No, the, Why is she in control with us? Like, do you want to know why, mate? Because she has a vagina. Yes. She she is always in charge on the first date, mate, and this is the oh. reason why your dates in the past have failed miserably. They're in charge of the first, second, fifth, and your funeral. Exactly. There's no fucking chance you get a choice. Well, mate, the story gets funnier. The story gets funnier because um, you were kind of busy on Thursday night. I was messaging Scott separately, just kind of about different stuff while he was out. But I had not meet DiMaggio signing autographs for the people. Right, okay. Don't mention <laughs> the people on this show, mate, or I'll kick you off as quick as you come on it. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. So Scott then, he goes along to Maggie Mays, gets kicked, but he doesn't get kicked out of there. He leaves here because I'm not showing the game. He wanders out to Connolly's. Um, he's sitting with three old guys. So this boy should be on a date. He's just sitting with three old guys in Connolly's. Who, by the way, mm. might be listening to the show. Hail, hail, brothers. He puts to me in the chat, comes back to me in the Hold chat. On says, what was the mad Hulk Hogan hail, hail, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, mean Gene. <laughs> so Scott then puts to me in the chat. He comes back to me and says, "She's phoned her sister. She's left her phone in the house." I'm going, "You kidding me on?" So right, mate, she phoned her sister via somebody else's phone in Central Station. Right. Even more graft on her part, mate. The story gets so much funnier though because she's phoned. She's phoned her and said, "I've left my phone in the house. Can you phone this guy and let him know that I'm in town?" So she's like, "Okay." So she phones somebody, Scott. Please tell me you're leaving the pub to go back. Like, please tell me you're going to go get her. He said, "Ah, he said I'm on my way just now to to go and get her." Turns out <laughs> that they were meant to meet at half past six, right? This was now maybe half seven, quarter to eight at this point when he's got a phone call and he's having to walk back to Central. The lassie arrived at half past six. She was standing in Central Station at the same time as Scott was underneath the clock, and he just didn't bother his arse to try and find her under the clock. I bet you Scott seen her and just shat it. Just turned into a wee snivelling wreck and went, Oh no, I'm going to go to Maggie Mays. <laughs> I don't want to go on a date with a woman. I'm don't not even take doing my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Scott's not here to defend himself, but that was his embarrassment. And that's, the whole fun, and that's the whole fun of this whole part, that he can't have one comeback right until next exactly, week. Exactly, exactly. He has to wait. He has to listen to this show, knowing fine well that people, including his pals, are going to listen to us absolutely slaughtering him on this show. But listen, mate, this show isn't about Scott. Right, this show is not about Scots, but Selick, and we're going to move on um, and to the games. Before we move on to the game, so just want to do a wee plug for social media. Um, you can find us on social media. Just search for Pod67 um, on Twitter. We're only on Twitter because the rest of them are a bit rubbish for connecting with folk. So if you want to get us on Twitter, you can find us, uh, get Pod67 on there. It's at Pod1967 with a B underscore in the middle. So Pod underscore 1967 get us on there join in the conversation Tony sometimes posts um, da jokes on, on Twitter da, da takes of the game you day mate some some of your takes on the game what the fuck you meant what was your pish about Shane Duffy last week going oh I wish Shane Duffy was my da like <laughs> get fucked sorry are you telling me that you wish Shane Duffy wasn't your da no because my dad listens to this podcast so I'm not going to say that <laughs> mate Shane your dad wishes Shane Duffy was his dad 
That's even... my granny oh. you're talking about. <laughs> Aye, but he wishes it was Shane Duffy then. <laughs> uh, I think he probably wishes it was like Jock Steen or something, to be fair. Nah, true, to be fair, true. Um, right, we'll kick off then. Last Thursday, mate, we had the, the game. We were away to Riga. By the way, massive shout-out to their fans for renting two open-top buses to watch a game. Massive un-shout-out to them for the fucking whistle that was going on all the way through the oh, game. Man. Did you hear that, Pish? It sounded like a fucking horse going off on 90 minutes. name. Mate, I thought I'm somebody brought red rum at the game. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting trying to watch a game with, with the missus, and she's literally looking at me going, how can you sit through this? And I'm like... There's, I've sat through worse. We say, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I've sat through Copenhagen, yeah. but I, this is quite tough. But anyway, the team selection for Riga, we had Barkas and goal, back three, Ayer Duffy beat on, two wing-backs, Taylor and Forrest, McGregor Brown. It was kind of weird. They were kind of in the middle. Christian and Cham were technically sitting forward and behind Odson Edward. Um, Tony, overall performance, then, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, was it? See, was I actually didn't think we'd played too bad. I think on another night, it could have easily been 6 or 7 now. We, we had so many chances just cleared off the line. and It was just one of those tricky European away ties where things just wouldn't go right. But in the end, we did get the result. That's all that matters. That's all really does matter in the situation, just getting through. But I didn't think we played too bad. I think some of the criticism you've seen online is a bit over. The top, to be honest with you. Do you think we're a bit spoiled though with how we've played recently and getting three, four, five goals a game? You know, this was like you say, it was a dominating performance, right? It was a dominating away game um, uh, in Europe, but we seem to be lacking that kind of killer instinct just now at the, at the top of the pitch. I don't know what it is. We seem to be creating everything. And like you say, I think I've maybe said in this podcast the last four or five episodes, you know, the, the box under line, another day, mate, we could have won five, six, seven nil. In this game, mm-hmm. you know, and it seems to be a recurring thing for us just now. Is that something we should be kind of concerned about? I don't really think so because obviously we can look back at today's performance from, from yesterday. Sorry, no, I think it, these are just things that happen in football. Like you're going to get days last where things just don't go right for you, and any other given day, if that ball travels on two millimeters over the line, it's five nil, mate. Um, Eddie had quite a quite a tough game in this one I thought mate he, he struggled you know Eddie's like normally he kind of creates a lot of his own chances he's one of these guys who picks a ball up and creates his own chances he's not a lot, he's not much of a kind of a tapping type guy you know he, he more creates I, he likes chances. to drop deep as well and sort of get the play and link up well and pass the ball that way die definitely like the recycle ball but he struggled he's probably struggled the last couple of games that, that he's played do you think that's all this talk online, mate, about, oh, that's Eddie on the bench, he's going to go, <laughs> his head's not in it. Are you worried about that? Is that something that you're thinking about? See, to be honest, nah, not really. I think the whole team themselves haven't really started too well, to be honest. So I think it's unfair to just point the finger at Eddie going, he's playing a bit poor. But he has, by his own standards, he has been quite quiet, I must admit. But to be honest, though, I am quite happy with the performance he's given. He's not getting on the score sheet as much as Ayeti, for example, who's a leading goal scorer in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure that's the correct as well. Yep. But what he does give you is just that creative spark. He'll hold up to defenders and bring other people into the game, creating chances. So, nah, I'm not really overly too bored with Eddie sitting on the bench and having me off days. I don't think there's much to the rumours, to be honest. He's mentioned Ayeti there, mate. He came on the mm-hmm. 72nd minute. Come on for in Cham. Uh, we, we briefly went with two up top for for kind of 10 minutes or so before Eddie came off. Uh, Which I found was uh, quite strange. I thought Brown should have been the one to come off for in Cham. I thought that was quite a strange move, taking off Mate, a striker if, for them. 
it's one of these things we've been we've been shouting for for weeks, isn't it? You know, Scott Brown just seems to last games that he shouldn't be lasting in. You know, like that oh. game, that game against Riga, he, he seemed off the pace again. And I'll give him his due; it wasn't as bad as it's been. You know, I've been very critical of Brown the past few weeks. This game, I wasn't overly critical. I just thought he maybe lacked a little bit. You know, if you were going to take somebody off at, at that point. Um, you know, ten minutes to go. I would have thought Brown would be the guy to come off. Bit of fresh legs and Cham and Cham's fresh legs for ninety minutes. You know that guy doesn't tire at times. Um, it would have made more sense to bring Canel Unis on and go with that. But he brought Eddie off. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Ayeti impact first because he mm-hmm. comes on, mate. He very very nearly scored with his first touch. How that ball never ended up in the net, I have no idea. <laughs> mate, this is what I'm talking about. He's just a natural finisher on that box. He's like me, but... <laughs> Except in the right box. <laughs> I'm going to stop that. I'm not going to finish that. That's getting cut. But, <laughs> Aye. I was about to also make that worse by saying he's a predator. But um, <laughs> Very he likely. definitely has an instinct for goal, mate. He just knows where that, the net is, no matter where he is in the box. And I know he's not a match for according to any lane and stuff, but he's only going to get better. And even today, we see him popping up that goal. So I eighty second minute, El Yunusi comes on for for Eddie. Um, I put in the chat, and I could probably post a screenshot of this on on Twitter. Yeah. My my three messages in a row. The first one said Brown off El Yunusi on, and then it never happened. And I put a wee thumbs up on it because mm-hmm. two seconds later El Yunusi came on for Edward, and I was like, why the fuck is El Yunusi coming uh-huh. on for Edward? And then eight minutes later, I've been proven to be silly. El Yunusi pipes up with a winner. Great, great play, mate, from, from Frimpong to the wing, who, by the way, had an outstanding game again, didn't he? Mate, he's a lovely wee guy. I honestly <laughs> love that wee boy. <laughs> he's um, honestly going to be a fucking superstar, and we're lucky we got him for that technicality from the English window. The, I'm t- telling you something, mate, we, regardless of what happens this season with the with the 10 if we do or don't do the 10 mm-hmm. regardless he'll not be at Celtic next season Frimpong he will get snapped right. mate he'll get snapped up on a big deal with a, a Premier League team 100% yeah. they'll, mm-hmm. they'll not pay they'll not pay like 20 odd million for him like we, we see with some folk like you know kind of Edward we're hoping for 20 plus with, he'll not get that kind of money but you might find somebody paying a decent bit of money for Frimpong mate because he's got it all for me you know the willingness to get down he's fit he's he's healthy you know he, he never he's, he's never healthy. In, <laughs> I, I, but he's, he's never injured do you know what I mean no he's he loves Actonel he's in Greek yogurt and stuff like that listen see, see his pace today it was absolutely frightening aye he was he, he had he that boy on toast all day and Stevenson was in the wing, uh, wing back position he's leaving a slow defend himself he just kept running past him every single time. But in this uh, in this week game, he, you know he plays the the kind of main part in the goal. He cuts to the wing, mm-hmm. he, he puts a cross in. It's quite a kind of low cross. It evades a couple of defenders, and El Yunusi is there. Decent finish, El Yunusi man. Like see catching that one first time, putting it in the bottom corner. Ninetieth minute. I've never been so relaxed in my life after I've seen that goal get in, mate. I, I think everyone Twitter just had this sort of. Same response going, thank fuck for that. Because like, I couldn't be asked for extra time going, just get us done. This game should have been out of sight in the first half. Mm-hmm. And it was just a weight off the shoulders when that ball went in the net. And hopefully that can give Elanusi a wee confidence boost going forward as well. And judging by today's performance that we'll get to, it definitely looked like a player on fire. 
And the thing is, we we spoke about Frimpong there. He didn't he didn't actually start this game either. He came on for he came on for Forrest after kind of half an hour when Forrest went down injured. Yeah. Both of them should have been on the park. We've said before about Greg Taylor. I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> not going to put any more emphasis on my hate for Greg Taylor. Right. I'm just not going to talk about him anymore because we'll go on to today's game as well. He was woeful again, right? It just seems to Look be... Look at player, mate, I see tip top. Mate, that's all it is. It's, it's the best way to put it. He is a, he's a Kelly player, wearing a Celtic tap, trying to put in performances. And right. we we went from having a guy like, and I said this to Scott last week, we went from having a guy like Tierney. And listen, there's no comparison between the two, but we should be, we should be aiming for somebody of near that calibre of left-back. And the fact that we've been left with Greg Taylor, who... And I don't like criticising him. I don't like personally criticising him because I know I he like tries. No, nah, but I know he tries. And this is the thing. I always, right. I like it when somebody tries. I like when I can see them trying, giving it their all. He just, he just doesn't have it. And that's nothing, that's nothing negative against him personally. He just doesn't have the quality that, that we need for a Celtic left-back. Well, that is right. It's consistently that left-back position. It's the weakest part of our team every week. But, I, he does give you effort and he does try but he's got a lack of ability to go beyond a defender and if that's the way we see him Frimpong playing down the right hand side where he beats a man gets in cuts the ball across we need that on the left as well because he's not afraid down that left hand side there's not going to be Taylor doing that job if Elinus is on the bench to make way for the 3-5-2 mm. so either we put Forrest at the left wing back and allow him to cut inside on his right, uh, his right foot sorry or we go out and just simply look for another player that can do that job. It's not good enough that Greg Taylor's the only option at left-back for Celtic, isn't it? I think Lennon said that himself, didn't he? He was asked the other week about, about kind of signings in this window and he did mention the fact that they need a, a left-back because currently... No. Can I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you? You just did die. talks of James McLean coming. <laughs> Dirty. James McLean and Shane Duffy at the back. Are you kidding me on? Mate, James McLean is not going to play left wing back. Are you telling me that? Don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm... Can you be the fucking kit man for a kit? I don't care. Imagine, can you imagine the fury if he signed? I would take James McLean as as a guy to sit on the bench. I don't think he's going to improve our team. I would take him mate, to be on the bench. Oh. I'd take him to be there for the celebrations uh, a couple of times. A couple of times at Parkgate when he beat Rangers. I'd love James McLean to be there yeah. for that, but... I don't think he's going to improve our team, but we'll go to transfers later on, mate. We will. We'll talk about that more more in detail later on. Um, more on the kind of left left wing back position. Lennon did say that we need mm-hmm. somebody for left back right, or left wing back because Taylor's the only kind of recognised guy we've got just now. Like I asked Scott last week, and I asked you just now, is that the one position that you think we need to? If you could only pick one position, is that the one position that you would strengthen? The one position, um, I don't know because we're also quite. No, I'm saying that Brimpong can play at the right wing as well. But, um, I probably it probably would be left back or to look for a suitable replacement for Scott Brown. Like Tumble, yes, Jam, yes, but they don't seem to be able to shift that sort of Brown role out of the team. It's always sort of just swapping for Christie or whatever and a change of name. But um, it's, it's probably got to be right here to be honest. It's the weakest part of the squad that needs actual address the left back position 
So we, we move on now, mate, to, to Sarajevo away um, in the next round. We played away to them uh, before. We played home and away last time to them. Uh, we won 3-1 away and we won 2-1 at home. Um, they've actually had their, the Bosnian FA have postponed their game. Uh, it's a derby game that they were meant to be playing on Monday. Uh, they've mm. postponed that to give them time to rest ahead of this because they're trying to kind of support them in the, the European qualifying. Is that something? I'm going to say is that something we should be worried about? Obviously, we've we've beaten them five two and I got to get last time, but we should be fine, shouldn't we? Just awful weird that that your Bosnian FA is looking out for their teams and hoping they do well in Europe, that sort of stuff, and try to help them out as much as possible. It's weird that, but um, nah. See, honest, I don't want to be over cocky and overshot the mark because after Ferenc Baros, it came back and bit me in the arse royally. Ah, me too, um, mate. Me too. So. Aye, so I don't know. You can never really underestimate teams, but we've got to get recency biased against them last year. So, and to be honest, see, we played them last year. They weren't really a bad team. For the, the round we played them in, I think it was the third round, they were actually quite a good team. Quite a decent wee level they played that. So, I think we need to be careful. Um, so, we, like I say, we move on then. We've got them on Thursday, Thursday coming. So, we'll mm. see how that one goes. I might do a, a, a wee reaction pod depending on how it goes. We'll, we'll see what happens. If the game goes quite smoothly, we'll probably just leave it. Um, right, Riga, then, mate, want your dud and your, your hero for this game. So, we'll go with your, your dud first, if you can think of one. Correct, <laughs> okay, Taylor. Simple. I don't even get any more about that because we all watch the fucking game, let's be honest. Yeah, but, um, I'd probably go with my hero. Uh, I'd probably just say. Elianusi, just because he actually managed to get the job done and saved us for another extra half an hour of football that didn't need to be playing. Good stuff. Right, so that was uh, that was Riga then. We move on mm. to, to this weekend. So weekend fixtures commencing, what date was it? What date was it yesterday? 26th, 26th of September. So commencing 26th of September. So I'll go through the, the scores then from the weekend across Scotland. So Hamilton won, Dundee United won. Uh, Livy won 2-0 at home at St Johnson decent win for them um, good pick for McQueen as well our mate McQueen and the, the sweepstake mate yep shame the rest of it went tits up um, yep St Mirren nil Kelly 1 uh, Ross County nil the Sheep 3 and Motherwell won Refs United 5 mate um, it's actually quite funny because when I heard the score was 2-0 I actually said the old joke Oh, who scored the penalties? He goes, oh, actually, there's two fucking penalties. Like, you kidding me, on? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mate, like, I was watching, I was on the train, got up the town the day, and I thought, I'll fire that, I'll fire that game on, because it was on Sky, and I thought, right, I'll, I'll give it a watch. <laughs> um, uh, the first penalty, right, it was, it's one of these ones, if it happens against you, you're absolutely fuming. If it happens, like, for uh, you, you're shouting for it, you know. It probably was a penalty going by the kind of boy's hand. Uh, Tavernier scores quite early on. I turned off. Done. I knew exactly how the game was going to go. Um, they won 5-1, mate, and they got another penalty later on. Apparently, that was a stonewaller as well. Um, one one goal to pick up on. I don't know if you've seen it, because you know you're busy today. Um, Eaton's goal. Uh, his first one the day, 75th minute. Go back and watch that, by the way. That's a decent strike for him. Is it? I, I'll not give him much compliments, but that was a decent strike for him. Man. He, he picks the ball up just outside the box. He kind of takes a first touch and it, it just lies for him nicely. He catches it in a half volley, top bin. Mm. It's an absolute scream of a shot. But, um, That's the same player the, that the Rangers fans are all shouting about. He should be starting for the Swiss team ahead of Ayeti. Aye, I am. Aye, because he scored a few goals in the Swiss League. Um, don't know how that's happening. 
No. Then I said, I ate his piss because he couldn't get in the, the West Ham team. I'm currently watching West Ham. Just as I'm, mate, as I am talking, West Ham have just went 2 0 up just now, Delafeo against Wolves. So this is a boy who couldn't get in that team who are beating Wolves 2 0. So I shows you Charlie, I'd look a bit fucking stupid now seeing his comments about how he's not really that talented. I don't think he's going to fit into well up here. I need a top goal scorer, Charlie, you fucking idiot. Exactly. Clown, man. Absolute clown. Uh, right, we'll move on to the day. Celtic 3, Hibs now. Recap the team then. So, similar to our day, Barkas, Beaton, Duffy, Ayer, Frimpong and Taylor as your wing-backs, Christy Brown, McGregor in the middle, and Moy up top with Ayeti. Um, three goals in this one. Callum McGregor, mate, we'll talk about that one first. Decent side. Did you see it today? Back in time Absolute for it? Absolute rasper, mate. I was in the car watching it way back. What a fucking goal, honestly. Um, we had sports on in the background as well. And also we're going to delay myself to extreme, which is fantastic, by the way. A minute delay. <laughs> but um, I was watching it on the phone in my back in the back of the car, and honestly, what a strike. Low pile driver right along the deck, big daisy cutter. Keeper had no chance. Sensational strike from Kelmack. It's one of the things where we've been shouting for Finn McGregor for mm. a wee while, you know, having more shots because he seems to have fell in that we watched Scott Brown. Um, he plays the same kind of role as Scott Brown um, and he has done for quite a, a bit of time Scott Brown very rarely takes shots you know we, we know he scored quite a few raspers right but he very rarely takes shots from outside the box mm-hmm. and that's fine because I know that he probably hasn't got it in him to score that many you know he probably has the one worldy and that's a total fluke that happens for him but Callum McGregor's got it in he's got it in him to, to kind of hit one for that distance he's done it numerous times um, that's two games now in a row two league games in a row where he's scored an absolute rasp yep. outside the box is that something we need for him to be doing a lot more? Well I think he brings a lot more to the team like you're saying in the whole Scott Brown role but he kind of reminds me of Scott Brown and his youth how he got up and down the park forward linking the play and breaking the play up at the same time stuff like that but his goal with him was outstanding it really, I can't get over how good the goal was and see listening to Sportsound as well see them hit a bias towards the Hibs shots when they had a shot, it was a, oh, what a save. And then when the Cal- <laughs> Cal- McGregor scored, oh, it was a goal. Yeah, it was McGregor. Right, okay. Like, you fucking prick. It was an absolute scream at you. Underselling something chronic. They don't even hide it sometimes. Like, no, I don't think, you right in the face. I never listened to Sports Sound today, right? I, I never listened to Sports Sound anyway, right? But I never listened to it today. But going by what you're saying, Hibs never mm-hmm. had that many chances that you need to go for either. But so... I would be curious to find out what they were talking about when they were going to have that shot. Well, I'm looking at the stats now and apparently Hibs didn't have one shot on target. <laughs> I but the according shots. to them, it was peppering the goal. <laughs> like, honestly, like firing squad. Like, Listen, hold on a minute here. What's going on? Listen, Tony, you don't need a shot on target if it to be a rasper that's going to go in. That's what I'm saying. Sports well, you do, but... <laughs> Sports sound logic. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, definitely do second goal then comes a wee bit later on in the game uh, Mm. 35 minutes a Yeti picks this one up again decent finish Uh, he just kind of we've been saying for a few weeks he's going to get that bit of hooper about him he's a poacher he's he's always playing he's always there and he's always there to pick up the rebounds he's he's probably a step ahead of you know the defenders he's playing against he's got that wee kind of instinct about him where if someone takes a shot he can probably pick out and go that goalie's going to spill this I'm going in here and he done it today he scores he ripped his army apparently <laughs> so, Aye. to be honest we've seen him like a power he puts in the fucking shots with a six yard box so I'm not surprised how many like dislocated in 18 places <laughs> but 
that's the sort of player you want in your team, though, that is just instinctive around the box and knows where to be. If Wimpong can cut inside and have a shot across goal and the keeper spills it, you can just guarantee a yet he'll be there or thereabouts in the box ready to just smash that one home. And that's the thing we were saying earlier on about, about Eddie. That's something that he doesn't... It's not that he doesn't offer you. He doesn't offer you as much. You know, from what mm-hmm. we've seen a Yeti so far, granted, they keep saying that he's not up to full fitness yet. I don't, I don't fully understand that myself. But if that's a guy who's not up to full fitness, I'm delighted to see what he's going to be like when he is up to full fitness. Um, but that's something that Eddie doesn't give you that that often. He, like we said earlier on, he makes his own chances... Um, he comes on as well just after this Eddie comes on for a Yeti because like we say it looks like he's kind of pulled his hamstring or, or done some kind of damage to it because he signalled right away to, to come off um, but Eddie comes on but in comparing the two the two of them together would be a great partnership somebody who creates stuff somebody who picks stuff up that's the kind of partnership you want with two up top so mm-hmm. if we can keep a hold of Eddie through this window which I think we, I think we might um, that's a partnership to die for, mate. Well, hopefully the injury isn't that serious and he's not out for a lengthy time because he was just, uh, just starting to get up to speed. And especially Griff has come back in the squad. It's nice to have options in the bench that can really push. But um, no, definitely. I think they two, with Eddie coming deep, creating chances and linking play up, and uh, Yeti being a six-yard box to finish up any chances and mop up anything. It's... A glimpse of the Musa Dembele Edward partnership we got against Stanford Blaise against oh. the friendly, so oh. it could be sensational. Have you said it, mate? Have you said the line? What line? What Dembele and Edward? You've done it, mate. You've compared it. That was our best day of our life <laughs> watching them two in that friendly. Oh, and it was it was iconic. <laughs> you've now compared like that was it. The best friendly. That was the best friendly I've ever been to, and in fact, a guy called Davy Chop came on and told me, "What the fuck." <laughs> We all thought it was Davey Proppy's name. I was like, what the hell were they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a j- complete inside joke, though, to be fair. No, mate, listen, it's actually not. I've seen quite a few folk on Twitter saying that. We'll always have that friendly. We'll always have that friendly. Uh, I'm just looking up just now, mate, on, on Twitter to see any information mm. about a Yeti. Um, Lennon does say it looks like a hamstring injury for a Yeti, so it could be out for a couple of weeks. Is that a concern when... Like we said earlier on, Eddie has been playing quite at his best just now. Uh, obviously, at the Rangers game coming up, so it depends if it, you know when's that. That's three weeks away. You know, three weeks for for this weekend away. So, is that something we should be concerned about for that game, having him out for for a few weeks? Well, definitely. We've got uh, Sarajevo coming up on Thursday. Uh, then we've got St Johnson away. So you kind of want plenty of options, especially against St Johnson, where you know the game is literally just going to be played in their box. So, hopefully it's not as bad as we first thought. But if it's his hamstring, it's about 45 weeks. So, we might not see him until after the Rangers game, which is a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like we said, Eddie was on the on the bench for this one. So, he did come on. He, again, he never had his best game the day when he came on. It seems to be that he's maybe off the boil a little bit just now. He seems to be kind of relying on being able to pick the ball up a bit further. And I don't know if teams are just maybe wiser to it just now. He's not kind of mixing his game up. It's very kind of semi at the minute. Um, like I said, Eddie's the kind of guy that can pick something or nothing. You know, he could, you know, we could be watching this game midweek and he mm-hmm. could score a half-tick by ripping their defence apart. You know, it, it's just yeah. one, of the, one of them kind of guys. But just now it doesn't seem like he's kind of doing that. Um, what do you think it'll kind of take for him to get back to that? Is it something that we should maybe be looking at? Well, I had an interview with Neil Lennon 
the other day basically saying that um, Edward's not a sort of player that likes criticism. He just the sort of player likes an arm around the shoulder and just, come on, you can do it, boost his ego a wee bit and stuff. So really, he just needs to get on the score sheet. That's simple as that. He just has to get on the score sheet and it will give him the belief and the confidence back again. But to be honest, I think he's not, he's not played poor, but by his high standards, he's just looked a bit off. That's the thing. I, 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 I'm saying that he's been off the boil. The off the boil is, I'm comparing it to a guy who is right. probably one of the best strikers that we've seen for Celtic since Larson. So when he's a quite a few bad games, um, it's quite easy to go, oh, oh, he's lost it. He's going to have to boil now. Is, I'm probably, is he like interested? <laughs> I, he's not interested. They were right. That first episode will be done in this saying that Eddie doesn't seem interested. They were right, mate. Because we've cast him. We have cast him. Um, not a performance in Frimpong. We, we spoke about him uh, kind of midweek coming on, making an impact. But let's talk about him in the day. Mate, mm. I think this was probably one of Frimpong's best games that he's played for Celtic since we signed him. Well, when he came into the team when he first signed him, he got like was it four man the matches in a row or something, something mm-hmm. stupid like that. But the performance today was unreal. Like generally, he had that boy on toast all day. Uh, what was his name? Is it Hanlon or something? I don't even know his boy's name. I think it was Hanlon. But he literally went by him every time. Didn't even matter what he did. He could not get next to him. And that's exactly what you need. It's the creativity down that wing. It opens the game up. It makes the game wide and separates a wee bit of space in the middle of the park. Uh, he was up against uh, Hanlon the day and uh, the young boy Josh Doig as well. Um, mm. they, were, they were playing a three-five-two as well. So that was the two guys he was going yeah. up against. Like you say, mate, he ripped them apart the, the full game. Um, my my thing with Frimpong was quite late on. Uh, there was a chance we got the ball played through, and it was it basically had a standing start against this guy. I think it was against Hanlon. <laughs> And he absolutely done him late on in this game. And he was by him before you knew it. You know, I said earlier on, I reckon that we will probably lose him next summer. I reckon a big team will come in for him with a decent a decent transfer fee. Um which which worries me, to be honest with you, um, that we're going to lose this guy. <laughs> because he's a level he's a level above. You can see it already though, that he's a level above what he's playing against. Mm-hmm. He's young, he's got a lot of development to go. But I think his potential is this guy. He can literally go to a top four team, no problem, in three, four years, I think. He's sensational. Easily. Um, Shane Duffy, then, mate, he made his, this is his second performance, or second second start today, uh, playing at Celtic Park. Obviously, it's a wee bit different with it, the, the crowd there. It's not what he would have, he would have liked when he came in. Um, so quite a, few, quite a few folk that I've seen online um, I don't think Duffy had his best game of day. There was a couple of wee shaky moments he had. Um, one particular when he was he was kind of side by side with with Kevin Nisbet, and Nisbet just nudged him off the ball and sent him flying and had a, a shot for for quite close range, which which could have went in. Um, so that was quite poor from. But overall, I thought he played quite well. But I've seen a few folk, like I say, on Twitter. But my, one of my my mates texted me earlier on, um, and his message literally said Shane Duffy is pish, and I was like, sorry. I could call your eyes out for this. <laughs> be, more, be more constructive of your feedback. Aye. <laughs> I, I did ask him. I was like, why? What makes you say that? And he, the explanation he gave was he's slow, lumbering, rotten on the ball. He's no doubt decent, a decent box defender, but just not what Celtic need. Mate, I could not disagree with that anymore. What does Celtic need then? Mate, I, I, was, confused. I said to him, 
I, I totally disagree, mate. He's literally the exact player we've been crying out for. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he asked me why. My explanation was what I've said on this podcast before. So just a right good, no-nonsense, fucking boulder-heat defender that's just going to clear the ball and that's it. Clear the ball, whatever happens. You know, he's good for, yeah. a, good for a set piece, good for a corner, but beside the point, you know, taking it out of the equation, if the ball comes in for a cross, Shane Duffy's getting rid of it. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be there. What did you make a... Shane Duffy's performance today? I to be honest, I had a couple of shaky moments, that's, but that's fair enough. That's going to happen over a course of a season, definitely. But I think Shane Duffy's been absolutely brand new since he came here. He's solid at the back um, and he's got in the score sheet twice. So I don't see how we can expect any more from him right now. I think his ability to stay at the back and just mop up everything that comes through allows Christopher Ayat to have more of a free roam up the park and get forward more. And we're seeing that you seen it in the box today quite a few times try to create stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think Shane Duffy's allowing him to have confidence in his own game, pushing himself forward as well. So he's a great addition to the squad and I have to disagree with that categorically. I think that's a, a fucking stupid comment to be honest with you. Uh, like you, you mentioned Ayer there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said on last week's show that Ayer is a, a midfielder playing at defence. Um, I've said that for a while. Um, well, Hold on, because I'm privy to a bit of inside knowledge that you are raving about Nia Beaton, who is a midfielder who plays in defence. Yes. Um, ah, I've got you. No. <laughs> against the no, 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 listen, I'll, I will talk about that. I think Ayer is, if I, if I compare it to, both of them are midfielders who play who play at centre-back just now, right? I think Ayer is clearly a midfielder, going by the fact that he likes to take the ball runs, he likes to get kind of out of defence a bit more. He's sometimes a little bit suspect at centre back as well. You know, we've always said that he's a bit ropey at times. He's he's partially a, a bit of a dive in. You can clip every week basically saying just Christopher Ayer goes to the ground. He just always does a big rash leg tackle in the game for pretty much no reason, but there's no reason to slide in. Aye. And the thing is, he's good going forward. Um, you said about my, my comments on Beaton there. I did say, like, Beaton, absolutely love Beaton, mate. Right? <laughs> I, I think he's brilliant. The thing for me is Beaton as a utility guy. Beaton can play whatever you ask him to play. Whereas I don't think that Ayer excels playing at centre back. I reckon he would probably do far better if you pushed him up. Whereas Beaton, you say Beaton, can you play midfield, mate? I no bother. Beaton, can you play centre back? No bother at all. He knows what he's doing and the roles. You know, he goes into centre back. He knows what a centre back has to do, and it's probably just that that bit of experience as well compared to Ayer. You know, he knows what a defender has to do. You know, he knows what to do at centre-back. He knows what to do at centre-mid. Whereas Ayer, he does, but he's probably still got that kind of naivety about him, being a younger guy, that he's not had experience that Beaton's had playing all these positions for a good few years. Well, we signed him at, what, 16? Uh, um, he came uh, as a midfielder back then, but since 16, he's been a defender, a centre-back. So that's been about, he's 22 now, so... That's been six well, years he's been playing centre back, which is was, pretty much his entire career of football. It was Kelly that turned him to a centre back, though. He wasn't sent to them as a centre back. They put him there, and and he'd done quite well for them, which I think's maybe tarred him when he's come back to us because he's come back as a guy who's played two years um, or maybe however long it was he was on loan at centre uh-huh. back for them. And we've come back and thought, oh, well, he can fill in there. And then through whatever's happened, we only had three guys who could play centre-back. We had, um, it was obviously Bayata at the time, Jozo and Ayer, 
were really the kind of main guys that were playing centre back. Jozo had a, a howler in him constantly, so I feel like Ayer then got left to be um, kind of a centre back. And don't get me wrong, I feel like I just pure slaughtered Ayer at centre back. See in Scotland at this at Scottish football level, I think Ayer's fine at centre back because he can power on, and especially now with Duffy there as cover mate, I reckon it's fine. But I just I would like somebody else who's just a just a defender, mate, just a solid centre back to take that place. Well, don't forget though, Chris Fire was one of our better players at centre back about two years ago. We were all raving about him, saying he has to stay, he cannot go anywhere, he's pivotal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go down this road with you then about the whole midfielder thing. Do you think Christopher Ayer could be the perfect replacement for Scott Brown that we just don't see as under noises in? If Cal McGregor is willing to do the same role as Scott Brown, but Ayer can then step in and be that box to box midfielder? Potentially. Potentially, mate. We've seen the pace when we can see we give away a corner at the other end and then he can get back, no problem, up and down the park. He's one of the fastest in that training, they all see it. Mm-hmm. So I'll go down this road, mate. Do you think that could be a, a perfect replacement? I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate to see it. Um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would like to see it given a chance. I just don't think we're going to ever get to see it having the chance because nah. we can't risk it this season of all seasons. And that is if I even stays this season. In all honesty, so he'll not be here next season. That's a guarantee. There's already talks of him going this season, so he'll not be here next season, so we'll never get to see that. Um, but based on kind of what I see from him powering forward, I I don't see why why he can't be. And see when he's not got that kind of last man uh, responsibility on him when he's kind of a bit more free-flowing and can get up and down the park and he can do the Scott Brown job. I reckon he could probably do the Scott Brown job better than Scott Brown. Probably not the leadership quality, which I think you would lose um, in Brown in the middle of the park kind of getting these younger guys and spurring them on but obviously because I was a younger guy himself so he can't really do that but he's very vocal though he's one of the biggest mourners in that team though you hear him every week complaining and shouting in that park that's like you in this podcast isn't it like me full stop <laughs> um, no I'd like to see that I'd like to see it given a chance I just don't I don't see it but um, you mentioned Brown now you mentioned him taking Scott Brown's place in the, the middle mm-hmm. of the park um, we've been quite critical of Scott Brown on this show probably since we started to be honest because the performances that he's given um, so far what's this episode 7 we're doing just now so the first 6 episodes that we've done he's not he's aye he's been subpar he's lacked what Scott Brown usually gives you but today mate in this game I thought he was brilliant I thought he was exceptional actually in this game he'd done what Scott Brown normally does he was mopping up things and is that maybe because we were playing a higher calibre team that he was probably needed a bit more. So that kind of subconscious thing with him kicks in a bit more. I don't think it's as much as that. I think you're going to just get this with a guy that's 35. For the majority of the time, he won't be able to handle the pace, but you'll get that one game when he just shines and rises to the occasion. And I think that's just the occasion the day when he's playing his ex-team Hibs as well, of all teams. But we can't take away from the fact that he is looking like a 35-year-old mm-hmm. on the middle of the park. You know, he's keeping been tumble back and chan back in my opinion he's a great captain you can't take that away from him but I would like to see him come off the bench during these games and marshal the team through a 1-0 victory and get us through that way instead of having to rely on this guy every week because he's going to end up playing 50 games for this year 
and I just don't think his body can handle it at this age. I seen that stat the other day that last season was was called early. Um, obviously, like we we all know, and Scott Brown still what happened. Uh, the COVID happened, mate. I don't know if you heard about it. There was a, a pandemic going about. No, no, I heard about it. Um, no. Basically, it, it ended the football season last year, right? It ended the season early, and Scott Brown still played fifty games of football last season. Yeah, <laughs> mate, a guy okay. who's what 30, 35 minutes, he's thirty-four last season, right. playing fifty games when a guy like in Cham barely played any. Like that's I, mental. I don't know how many teams in Europe actually rely on a thirty-five-year-old in the centre of the park to be the main focal point. Yeah. How many teams in Europe are doing that? I I can't think of one. No, I just have a wee think there. I can't think of any of myself. But like I said, I don't like seeing Scott Brown playing far too many games just now because I think we can rest him today. Incidentally, is a game where I would have played him. But I would yeah. have liked him to have maybe had the last couple of games off or last couple of games coming on for the last half an hour, you know, so that he's not... Because today could have went an opposite way. We could have played Scott Brown today and he could have had an absolute howler because he was knackered. And it could it could have cost us. We never know, kind of, ultimate universe and all that part. But, it, you know, we never know if that might have happened and it could have been down to Scott Brown being, being tired. So it'd be good to see... Like I say, we've said this every week, we're good to see him have a, a kind of rest now for, for a few games. For example, this game against Sarajevo, I don't know how many play him in this one. Not away in Europe, I don't know how many play him in this game. I think we can play guys like in Cham, guys at like Turnbull, uh, to come in and kind of fill that. I, I probably would agree with you on that point there, to be fair. Um, I think it's kind of a bit strange for a game you win 3-0, that you leave Scott Brown on until the 82nd minute and go, right, Cham, give you 10 minutes. I don't think that's necessary. No. I think... He's going to start on Thursday, let's be perfectly honest. The game is done at 3 now. He should have been off after 70 minutes and giving him that extra bit of rest. Same with Callum McGregor. There's no need for them two players to be playing 90 minutes week in, week out when the game is dead in the water. Aye, 100%. They should be taken off, and especially Brown. But I agree with you, McGregor, as well. You know, I'd like to see them kind of be given a bit more of a rest when games are done, especially now we get five subs. Mate, see if, see if I get a game where we've got five subs and we're three now up. You know, when when did we score our third goal? The day it was like the 79th minute or something we scored the day. So 10 minutes to go at the end of the game. Take them off, man. Just give them give them rests. Give them a rest before that. You see how the game's going to go before the, the 80th minute. Just take them off and rest them, man. But I, we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. I've always been shouting for Encham to get more, more of a game time. Um, yeah. Again, mate, something I've seen on, this is on Facebook, it's somebody I know posted this, um, and I get in a bit of a, a debate earlier on. Um, he listens to the show as well. Uh, you're starting to become the Celtic Dad of the podcast, having Twitter debates and arguments and all sorts, mate. Listen, mate, see, see when you're like me and, and you know your <laughs> stuff, it's quite tough seeing somebody who doesn't, right? That's all I'm saying. Um, somebody put on saying, Turnbull is a player, right? And Turnbull come on the day, uh, half time for, for Ryan Christie because he mm. went off injured just probably lead up to the goal as well Christie got a bit of an injury and he obviously couldn't count for the second half Turnbull by the way played very well we'll talk about that in a wee second yep. um, but he's put on saying Turnbull's a player and somebody else said very impressed and then his next comment back was and Cham shouldn't get a look in oozing with class that boy and I was like I agree with the status I disagree with this and Cham is yep. unreal and he was like when and I'm like in general, mate, like I don't need to give examples <laughs> of when, of when in Cham's class. And Cham 
And Cham is a player, mate. And Cham is unbelievable. He just needs a stretch of games. Well, we're also quite big fans in Cham in this podcast, but you see what he brings every time he plays in that park. His ability to switch to play, pick the wee quick passes, and the ability just to get the ball up the park itself. And Cham's a Rolls Royce, and yeah, Tumble did play great today, but that is one performance I've seen Tumble doing that. I've seen Cham do it numerous times. And folks say, oh, Cham's not a big game player. What's he ever done? Let's see what Simple as that. Yep, 100%. The, the thing is, I don't even see that as like a, a comparison, though, because if Cham's going to take anybody's place, it's going to be Brown. If Turnbull's going to take anybody's place, it's going to be Christie. Like, they play very different games for me. And Cham's, exactly. and Cham's better dropping back, picking the ball up, picking a pass. Turnbull's a better player attacking mid, powering through the middle, you know, linking things up and getting a shot and goal. So for me, very different players. But yeah. if I had to, you know, if I had to pick one to come on, I'd be picking in Cham. We'll talk about Turnbull because, like I say, he did come on a day at half time. Um, he played very well the day. He played really well. Uh, he set up a third goal for for El Unice <laughs> as well. Great finish for El Unice, but great bit of play for Turnbull. This is a boy mate, we've been linked with for what well, we're supposed to get last season. Well, he was sitting with a Celtic suit on. Well, we knew Lennon. All right, kill me, boys. Aye, he was a Celtic player last season um, for whatever reason. Knee surgery never never happened. Failed his medical. Yeah. Um, we back in for him this season. Only played a handful of games so far this season. Um, for his couple of, couple of appearances. Uh, he got a full half the day. Mate, I liked what I seen with Turnbull today. I thought he looked really, really impressive. Definitely, mate. It's uh, just another dimension to bring off the bench and change the game about. Um, his goal, his assist for Elinousi was weighted perfectly. It's exactly what he wanted. It's a creative spark. Um, there was a ball as well he played over to Edward and again, Edward made a great run but the pass is amazing as well. Just I can't remember. It was like the second half like the 65th minute or something. The pass would have been shocking if Edward didn't get there, but the fact that Edward so switched on as well, he got to that ball and could read the pass and allow Tumble to be creative in the ball, create something out of nothing. Mm. It's, it's it's a great dimension to have off the bench because for so long we haven't had a creative spark. We've seen in Chairman attack middle, and it doesn't really work because, like you said, he likes to be in the centre of the pitch where he can turn and create things and bring guys into the game to create something. Mm-hmm. So, nah, definitely. If this is a wee glimpse of what Tumble can bring, have no problems if Tumble was to step into Ryan Christie's role because Ryan Christie for me isn't really performing that great now. Ryan Christie played well today mate. he actually did play well in the first half he, mm. I, I like what Ryan Christie gives you on his day and I, I feel like today was one of the days where he was on his day um, he was kind of linking up everything he was making smart runs in between in between defenders he was picking a ball up driving forward kind of pushing us forward and I think he can do that well um, and he did do it well today. It was a shame that he went off injured because I think he was probably having one of his kind of better games this mm. season. Um, Lennon said today in his press conference afterwards that this was one of the best games that he's seen this season and possibly one of the best games that we've played since he's been in um, as manager. Do you do you agree with it? I don't think it's the best game I've seen us play because um, the first half, Hibs had a good few chances that Admittedly, they weren't shots in target, but they were getting around about dangerous areas in our box. Uh, especially when it started with Barkas as well, where he kind of stumbled and sort of spilled the ball. And it could have went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was our best performance. It was definitely the, one of the better performances this season. But nah, definitely not the best performance I've seen. 
So just before we, we finish up in this game, then mate, um, a couple more points to make. But there was a, a notable name on the bench today, and it was Lee Griffiths making his, his return to the bench. He never got on. Um, I never expected him to get on, in all honesty. But we said a few weeks ago that he was less done. Less TikToks, more training. Yeah, we, to be fair, you did say that. You said less TikToks, more training. Um, yeah. He's obviously listened to you. He's put in put in the effort and letting his name him on the bench. But do do you let's talk let's talk Griffiths again like we've done previous seasons all the time. Is, is this guy going to come good for us again? Is he going to impress us yeah. once again by the fact that he comes back um, midway through a season? You know what happened last season? We came back kind of around about Christmas time just after the break. Um, he played the Thistle game. We played in the cup just after the break last year. Um, and he, he scored in it as well, played really well, and then probably one of our probably one of our better players before the season get get finished. Aye, we were in Chandler's that day watching that game. Aye. He probably in Clay Bank for anyone who doesn't know it. But um <laughs> Griffiths last year when he came back at the team, I think gave us a dimension up top with a three five two that allowed us to find this formation that works really well for Edward and the rest of the team. I don't know, I, I really do like Griffiths. But I'm kind of at my wit's end with him. I don't know if we can rely on this season to be the player that steps up because he's let us down already this this year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we can count on to last the whole year again and just have his head screwed on. So here's the thing: we don't need to rely on him now. We have other people that that can fill in. We've got we've got a Yeti now who would probably be the second the second choice striker. We've got I'm going to say Kamala. He's shown glimpses of what he can do. We're hoping for that to kind of eventually break out. But you know Griffiths is the kind of fourth striker in in that. Um, even if he was third, you know I, I would say Griffiths on his day is is far better than Kamala. Is that not a fucking brilliant third choice striker to have? To it definitely is. But in? see if he can't keep himself fit to be able to step into a game at a short notice if Edward picks up an injury this week in training, for instance, I don't think we can look to Griffiths to be coming off the bench and creating an immediate impact in the game. I don't think he's match fit or he's capable of just stepping up to the plate right now. So, 3-0 victory then against Hibs. Decent, decent performance, mate. I, I was worried about this game. I'm not going to lie. You know, see, after watching Hibs last week against uh, Refs United uh, at mm. Easter Road, I was a wee bit concerned because... We've not been playing very well this season so far. Um, Rangers probably have been playing better than us overall. Um, they struggled to they struggled to get a win against them. It was a two-two draw. Um, couple of couple of notable performances for him. So um, one bad, one good. Uh, one good. Kevin Nisbet. Uh, Scott said last week on the show about this guy will play for Celtic in a couple of years. Listen, mate, I would take this guy at Celtic just now. I reckon Kevin is, but I, I reckon Kevin is, but Scott something about him. See, we sign Kevin is, but like tomorrow, for example, uh, I know that's not going to happen, right? But if we sign him tomorrow, I reckon by the end of the season we'd be going decent bit of business. And that's again, that's just a total whim. That's a a, a hunch on that one. But see, just the way this guy plays. Um, the kind of physicality that he's got as well. I reckon he'd fit in really well in our team. Well, I did say at the start of the season, um, actually episode one, feel free to go back and listen to it, that uh, Kevin Nisbet was a great signing for Hibs. Um, I don't think he'd be a Celtic player in the next couple of years, to be honest. I think there's a lot to go before then. Not a starter. Um, Not a starter, but well, I reckon he'd, he'd be, be the fifth choice striker, but it because we've just uh, been through four strikers, didn't we? I reckon if he come um, in tomorrow, he'd be third. He'd be third if he come in tomorrow, I reckon. Jingy's an improvement in Kamala. 
Aye. Uh, just now, I, I would say so just now. I would say it was a, an improvement in Kamala. And like we said before, Griffiths has only just came back. So yeah. I reckon if we... Again, this isn't going to happen, but if we signed him tomorrow, he's third choice. He's on the bench for us and he, he makes regular appearances for me. To be honest, the boy I looked at today was Martin Boyle. Again, I, I, I said this a couple weeks ago again. Start listening to myself and the people out there. Again, the people and all. Don't say but, the people in this podcast, mate. I'll <laughs> Can't help it, mate. Uh, Staunch, but um, no, I think Martin Boyle is a player that we should be looking at, especially in the right wing position. Yeah, it's everything we need. It's perfect cover for Forrest, who's injured right now, but he's went and seen a new deal with Hibs, so it's not going to happen. I'd never say never. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. Not this window. Perhaps January, if he if he plays well this season, I wouldn't be surprised if we went for somebody like him. And, and the, the business should have been done though this window when before seeing that contract when it was cheaper because now it could be a couple million. Don't talk about Celtic in business, mate. We don't do well, this is, properly. Yeah. Nah, we don't. We just piss money away all the time. Nah, is, it, is it sensible? Right, okay, Celtic are not going to do it then. So <laughs> we'll, we'll wait until it costs us about five million to get him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At some point. Um our performance, which was quite quite interesting, was uh Ryan Porteous at centre back. Um, we watched we watched the game last week with them against Rangers. Porteous was getting a, was getting the beans to everybody. He was just trying to smash folk. When he he hates Rangers, mate. He probably hates Rangers more than I hate Rangers. But he was he was rattling folk. He was putting himself about. He was laughing in people's faces. And I thought, I like it. I like seeing that bit of aggression for a player. I like seeing a, a little bit about somebody. Um, and then obviously we're playing them. A week later, and I thought he'll be he'll be quite tough to break down. Never saw him, mate. Never saw him today. Nah. Hibs were raving about him last week. They put up a, a tweet uh, after the game last week saying Ryan Porteous, the best young centre back in Scotland. Reply if you disagree, and then they put the replies off from it. Some nobody, some nobody could reply, which was a decent tweet, right? But for somebody who you've just said that about last week, he was mint today. He was nowhere to be seen. I think obviously when you play away from home and go to Easterwood, it's a tougher game. But even without the fans, it's a bit more narrow stuff. And it's harder to play. Uh, Ryan Portis just simply got in the Rangers players' heads. He managed to wind up Stephen Gerrard, which in the process, which is even funnier. Brilliant. And then handled himself better on camera than a man that's won the Champions League with Liverpool numerous times. And he's spitting the dummy out in leaf because <laughs> of 20 year olds saying Tavernier's shite and laughing at him. Aye, it's quite embarrassing knowing it, you know, that this guy who's a, a young boy with age is Ryan Portis is like you say, he's like twenty or something like that. And he's, and he's twenty one years and he's handling himself better than a guy like Steven Gerrard, who's meant to be one of the Aye. one of the world's best players that's ever been. He's meant to hold this hype about him being a, a great manager. We know that he chucks players under the bus every chance that he gets, but now he's been shown up in a post match interview by a twenty one year old Fabs. It's embarrassing, isn't it? I don't know what happened. I think Rangers either blink, blinked once or was it twice? Like, with the B blink, they blink. What was the whole push? And then talks about lines, dens, and there's actually not lines in the den. It's just a game of football. There's just people like, what the fuck are you talking about, Stephen? Like, Rafa Benitez, when he was at the Magic Liverpool, did say, Gerard is a fantastic player, but he's not the brightest human being he's ever met. And it fucking shines out every time he opens his mouth. Just before we finish up in on, on this game, mate, and finish the show, I've seen a lot of folk this week um, after Hibs kind of battled to that draw with Rangers last week um, talking about Jack Ross. Mm-hmm. 
saying, is Jack Ross going to be, or could Jack Ross be the next Celtic boss um, after Neil Lennon? Is that something you could see? You could see happening? Because, see, for me, see next season, I'd be, I'd be for that. I could see it happen, no problem. Um, he's obviously had the wee slip-up at Sunderland where things didn't go wrong, but that's a bit of a basket case of a club. And it was pretty much doomed to fail that club, to be honest. Uh, I, Jack Ross, don't have a problem with that at all if we win 10 obviously. I think we'll be going down a different sort of path in terms of more of a coach that he probably looks like he would be. But I, Jack Ross, it was like the Scotland job not too long ago. Again, that's another death sentence. Don't mm-hmm. touch that with a barge pole, Jack. <laughs> but I think if it was back in the dial days, he could easily take that Celtic team and win the league with them. I don't know so much this year, but possibly in the future. I don't see how how much worse he would be than than Lennon this this season. In all honesty, um, I'm not saying that I want Lennon out just now, and I want Jack Ross in. That's not what I'm saying. But if I was to compare the two, I don't think Lennon has done anything groundbreaking so far this season that that Jack Ross couldn't do with the same players with the same budget. Arguably, Jack Ross would be a better kind of hands-on coach as well than Lennon. So. For me, that's somebody that I would be more than happy to see take on the Celtic job next year because we've spoken about players going next season. Lennon's gone, end of this season. He'll not stay any longer than this. He'll try and, he's mentioned before, he'll go back to England again and try and tackle that at some point. This will be when he goes, end of the season, whether he goes with 10 in a row or whether he makes an arse or no. Um, I would be all for Jack Ross coming in. I reckon that would be a decent a decent move for us going with a guy who who has a good coach as well as a kind of decent manager as well I, I do agree with what you're saying there but I kind of need to be dick advocate I'm sticking in here like Aberdeen on 15 points with two less games how's our two points clear Aberdeen I don't think Derek McInnes could do the same job and clearly he's right up at Hibs arses right now I I Jack Ross is a good coach, but I don't think he could win the league with Celtic. Not at this present time against a Rangers team that, let's be honest, are in good form. Right, Tony, give us your, your dud and your hero then from today's game against Hibs. Let's go with your dud first. I'd probably... I don't know, mate. <laughs> nice, hey? good, good input there. I don't, I don't really have anyone that was... Horrifically bad to be honest with you. Um, it was shit. Oh, I don't think Kendi was actually that shit to be honest with you. I don't think Greg Taylor had an amazing game, but I wouldn't say it was absolute dug me. Um, I'll just say Jerry McCulloch. Uh, Jerry McCulloch was shite today. I can't stand him. He's mad dark cardigans and he's fucking trails with his suit on. Like, what are you wearing? I can't wait, mate, until you get dark cardigans. Now, as soon as you get a dark cardigan, as soon as you get a Jeremy Cullock cardigan, I'm going to rip you to shreds. I'm going to get this clip and I'm going to post it on our Facebook with a photo of you. It genuinely looks like he's been booted through buttons. <laughs> right, Geisha, Geisha Hero then, mate. Jeremy Frimpong. Lovely wee guy. Lovely wee guy. Brilliant wee guy. Right, so that's them games then, mate. We've got two, two coming up this weekend. Like we say, we've got Sarajevo on, on Thursday and the St. Johnson game that was supposed to be on Friday night has now been moved to Sunday, thankfully. Um, early kick-off before, before Rangers play. So we're away to, away to St. Johnson on, on Sunday. 
big chance to go top of the league before they before they play. Yeah, definitely. Um, the joint bottom of the league uh, with St Mirren, so it's definitely a big chance to get a psychological boost against Rangers, especially with the game in hand. We've got really pushing into the wire here because they can't handle the pressure at the top of that table. That has been seen numerous times. The arse collapses, they shit the bed constantly. So if you can manage to win that game, get a wee boost, I think it'll be very convincing against it, Johnson. Right, let's go score predictions then. So Sarah, you going Thursday, what are you going for? I ain't touching it with a barge pole. Because <laughs> when I choose predictions, it seems to just go fucking wrong. I'm going to go, go to I'm going to go to well, now, Felix. Seems like we're on a podcast and the people are obviously want to know what I think. Um, I'll, well, today on the walk, I had like 10 autographs, two selfies and one stalker. So you tell me. <laughs> um, I'll go 3-1 Celtic. Cool. And I'll wait to St. Johnson then on, on Sunday. It seems to be one of these fixtures where we either really struggle or we absolutely batter them. I'm going to go batter, mate. I'm going to go 5-0 no. Celtic on Sunday. I'm going to push the ball out and go 7. Oh, ho, ho. I <laughs> think St. Johnson are going to get bent over the table and their arse is getting spanked. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, mate, as we've been recording this, we've received a message from, from Boy Wonder Scott. Um, yep. What did it say in the group chat? Well, it was the classic sort of response when a bird patches you because you know the good-looking one in the picture on Tinder. Oh, I just fell asleep. I've just seen this. Nah, man, no buying it. No having it. Um, and just all our news then before we finish, mate, uh, I mentioned to you as well, I'm to put this on the podcast, it's quite funny. Uh, I'm in a, a last man standing group chat that I got added to. Um, there's nearly 40 people in it. Most of them are, are Rangers fans. So naturally, I was a token Celtic fan that get put into this group chat, so I thought, brilliant. Take everybody's money off them, especially Rangers fans, right? So, ten pound buy-in. Um, got to week three this week, mate. I've had some some bold picks so far. I went Wolves, mm-hmm. Leicester, and then this week I picked Leeds. So Leeds were away to Leeds were away to Sheffield United, mate. Right? So these Rangers fans were like, "Oh, that's you going out next week again? That's you going out next week?" I'm like, "Listen, boys, we've not even kicked a ball yet. We've not even kicked mm-hmm. a ball." They they replied with um, loads of wee gifts at Ollie McBurney. Who, who I hate more than I hate anybody else on the planet. Uh, sent me wee, wee gifts of him doing slides on his knees, and that's a guy who's never won anything in his life and is a miserable football player, right? Um, just wishes that he could play for Rangers. But yep. sent me wee gifts of him, so I thought, listen, we'll see how it goes, boys. Uh, Leeds won the day, mate. And I progressed through. They all picked Spurs. <laughs> and this is where I need to hop off this bus, mate, because in my last man standing group, that's not part of you one, to be fair. I chose Spurs. And it still fucking stings. A 97-minute goal. I was, in the pub. I was in a pub today, mate, and I said to, I said to my girlfriend before, before the, the Celtic game kicked off, they were showing the start of the Spurs, and I went, oh, I need Spurs to get beat. And this beat or draw in this game because they're in the last man's hand and all these Rangers fans have picked Spurs, and it means we put, I think it was like 16 names, they get wiped out for the day or something like that if Spurs don't win. So I thought they need to they need to either lose or drop points today because that helps me massively for this. So yeah. watched, a, watched a bit of it. Spurs went one nil up and I thought, oh, right, okay, fine, turn that off. So put a certainly game on, watch that. Um it got to half time. The tellies, it was like the Undertaker mate coming to the wrestling, the screens went black and it popped up saying Bio appeared. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, mate, the screens went black. The screens came back on. VAR was on the screen. And it was just right. like checking for handball. And I'm like, wait, for who? And I looked up and I could just see it was in the, the Spurs box. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you guys are going to get a penalty. Gary Neville, I think it was on commentary, was going off his dinger. I don't know if you heard it. I told you, you need no. to find this, mate. It was so funny. He was livid. He's like, it's an absolute disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's shocking. This is nonsense. I'm like, get up, you Gary. Like, and it's, the, it's literally the new rule, but it, it's under the sleeve. And it can't be any more clearer, but Gary Neville cannot understand this new fucking rule. Hand against Man, Man U a few weeks ago, and he was going off his nut. He like, <laughs> he's fucking one to uppercut this fucking ball, Gary. It's mental. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, that comes back on, and I'm in I'm in the pub celebrating mm-hmm. Newcastle scoring a goal. People are looking at me going, what the hell's he doing celebrating a Newcastle goal against us? <laughs> like, after he's been celebrating Celtic goals, like, what's this guy doing? But anyway, that was my that was my story, mate. I've moved into it. Wills have just been beaten by, by West Ham as well. 4-0. Mate, that Oof. game's finished. 4-0. So that's a couple more bodies out. I think there's five left in the last man standing. 300 bangers to your old da if I go through. I've not picked any big teams yet. So I'm saying. Money's coming home, mate. Here comes the money. Shane McMahon. Right. right. This house. Ryan the Mystic. Exactly. Ryan the Mystic, definitely, man. Exactly. Right, Tony, we will be back next Sunday after the St. Johnson game, so I'll see you then, mate, all right? Well, hopefully we're all sitting here together, but you never know, you might get stood up on our date and spit the toys right at the pram. Listen, folks, all you need to worry about, I'll be here. I'll always be here. The no. main thing is, guys, don't worry, Tony's here. No, Ryan, the people come for me, again, the people. All I'm saying is, mate, this I should go on like heart and hand or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. Absolutely not. No, no, no crossover required. That's it. Right, Tony boy, catch you later on. Hey, right, man, take care. See you after, guys.